basically saying that this person doesn't know what they're doing in a lot of ways, which is not true, right? They know what they're doing. They picked you, they put you in this position for a reason. Um, and it's not a fluke. So recognizing that, um, you know, I am probably, you know, smart enough to be here because my supervisor believes that I'm supposed to be here helped a lot, you know. That was here in Nadim. And you're listening to the Leadership, Equity, and Wellness Pod with Ricky Roy. Hira is currently pursuing a Master of Engineering Science in the Electrical and Computer Engineering Department at Western University's Institute for Earth and Space Exploration. As the president and co-founder of the Zenith Canada Pathways Foundation, she has worked with her team to develop the Zenith Fellowship, which provides internship and mentorship opportunities to students and young professionals from underrepresented groups across Canada. Hira is an alumni of the Brooke Owens Fellowship Program in the United States from the class of 2020 and was the first Canadian selected for the program. She had the opportunity to intern in the Manufacturing and Test Engineering Department at Planet in San Francisco, California. Our recording starts now. Welcome here. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm so excited. And if it's all right with you, I'd love to jump into our first topic that you've offered me. And my first question is, have you been intentional in ensuring that you're loving what you're doing in all aspects, facets, and all the rooms you occupy? Yeah, I, it's been a long road for me for this. Um, I think in the beginning of my career, um, being an undergraduate student, uh, and also like trying to balance co-op opportunities, jobs, internships, everything I thought about, I have to do everything. I have to do it all. Even if I don't really like it, it's going to be a good experience, things like that. And I think that taught me a lot about, um, being intentional and, and just picking the things that, uh, are actually going to fulfill me, not just in my career, but also in my life. Um, because that's time that you're putting into something, um, that's not going to be, you know, a couple of days or even if it is a couple of days. Um, so for me, it's been a, a, a kind of journey of research, um, finding out who I am and what I like to do and, and being okay with saying no to things, um, because it's serving me, uh, to do that. So the two areas in my life that are kind of at the forefront right now are me, my life as a graduate student, and also my life as a leader within a not-for-profit organization. And so when I was choosing grad school, um, I was very like critical and in terms of how, and where I wanted to end up uh, I, it long time. I was like, as a, a bachelor of engineering, you know, I don't need grad school to, to do what I want to do. I can just, you know, graduate and get a job, no big deal. Um, and so it was very like strategic as well as like research, well-researched and thought out when I decided to go to grad school. Um, and I picked a program. I just looked at one that I really liked that was like space and also combined engineering with it and planetary science. And I thought that was very um, in line with kind of my 
future goals, potential future goals of wanting to work on exploratory missions. Um, and I found a supervisor who I met with and upon meeting him, I knew was the kind of like the right person to kind of help me carry this uh, dream of mine forward and would support me through that. Um, and so like that decision was made um, in mind with the people who were going to be a part of it with me. Uh, and so I love grad school. It's been two years of craft sometimes. It's it's hard, but because I'm surrounded by not only my supervisor, who's very, very supportive of me and understanding mm -hmm. of my mental health and, um, you know, my struggles with kind of my own self-doubt when it comes to my research work. Um, and then also the students in the program who I can talk to and be around and who support me. Um, it's really helped me love being a grad student, even when I hate it. Uh, and so the same thing with being a leader in an organization, I, I built a team of friends and colleagues um, and we all have kind of natural synergies into what we are working on. And so even though I'm kind of like leading this organization, every single one of them is leaders um, who is taking a piece of the mission and running with it and making it work for all of us. And because we align on certain aspects of that, um, it's been really um, fulfilling to work with them because we're all kind of extensions of each other. Um, and so it's like, you know, picking that team, making sure that we all feel like we're contributing to the same thing um, has really helped us love the organization and kind of our mission together. Um, and yeah, we disagree. And um, there's a lot of times when we're kind of workshopping things that a lot of us have conflicting opinions on, but even in those moments, you know, we're we're doing it with a, a sense of love and empathy for each other um, and working together. Um, so yeah, I, I think a lot of it to, to kind of like summarize is like making sure that, you know, you're taking time to kind of understand what steps you're taking for um, whether it's school or the organizations you work in and surrounding myself with the people who are going to help me get there has been really helpful for me. Absolutely. And you mentioned self-doubt in your journey in graduate school. And so I'd love to follow up on that by asking you, how have you formed and strengthened the belief that you're capable at what you're doing? So through these graduate school experiences, through this nonprofit work, through uh, building intentional teams that support one another, how have you um, really strengthened that belief that, hey, I am good at this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it started with like recognizing that me thinking that I don't know what I'm doing um, was the wrong way to go about it or that I was incorrect in thinking that. Um, and I think mo many people who've been on this podcast or are listening to this probably look at what they're doing right now and are like, wow, yeah, I'm not the right person for this or I'm not smart enough or I'm not you know, the, you know, I don't have the experiences to be doing this thing. Um, and I think like first recognizing that you're doing the thing, <laughs> you may think that, but you are actually doing that thing. Um, and so by essence, you're probably the right person to be doing that, or you're probably in the right place, or you're probably smart enough to be in that position. And so um, a lot of that when I was in grad school starting out, I was like, how the heck did this supervisor pick me to be a student? Like, he must be crazy. Um, and that's kind of also, you know, what it is, is not correct that this person who selected me as a, as a student 
is a very smart individual and to like think that oh like it must be a fluke or whatever is also putting um some kind of like you know basically saying that this person doesn't know what they're doing in a lot of ways which is not true right they know what they're doing they picked you they put you in this position for a reason um and it's not a fluke so recognizing that um you know i am probably you know smart enough to be here because my supervisor believes that i'm supposed to be here helped a lot you know again going back to the people in my life are the ones who um have really helped me get to where i am as well as supported me um to make me feel like I am supposed to be where I am supposed to be. Um, so like first recognizing that helped a lot. Um, and same with being in a leadership position at this organization. Um, <clears throat> I realized that, you know, each person in any project brings to the table something unique um, and something important. Um, and if I was going to believe that everyone on my team was doing that, it had to also begin with me. Um, and so reflecting on, on those experiences, you know, positive self-talk, um, writing those things down, having them in a place where it's accessible has been really helpful for me um, to recognize that I am capable. And this is a journey. I am nowhere close to being, you know, really perfect at doing this. And it's, it is a, it's an ongoing thing for many people as well, because that doubt will always creep up. It's always going to be kind of there. Um, but I'm, I'm learning more and more that the more I let those thoughts kind of cloud my view, um, the less I am actually doing to positively and effectively and um, impact the communities that I'm trying to impact and do the work that I'm trying to do where in my research. So it's, yeah, starting with recognizing that I, I, I hear for a reason <laughs> saying it, even if I don't believe it and then Absolutely. kind of backing that up. So, yeah. Yeah. And this is the first time that I've heard someone flip the head on, um, imposter syndrome where the, perspective or responsibility is placed on the person that's given you the opportunity. So in all of the previous conversations I've had on imposter syndrome, there's been so many other ways in, other ways in which people discussed uh, coming to terms with the fact that they were given an opportunity. But this is the first time I've ever heard someone say, you know, trust the person who gave you the opportunity, respect the person who gave you the mm -hmm. opportunity in looking up to these rooms that you're now occupying or thinking that it's a stretch that you're there in recognizing that there is a stretch, like give, give those people places the respect that it deserves by knowing that they did the right thing in having you there. Mm -hmm, I think that's absolutely. really interesting and truly the first time I've heard of it. So I really wanted to draw attention to that for anyone listening to just take a moment to let that sink in and with that this is such a great um point to ask my next question which is what are ways that you've ensured that your mindset is in the right place to be doing what you're doing so that you can put your best self mm -hmm. and foot forward so you mentioned uh numerous uh pieces of thought work already, like positive self-talk, writing it down as affirmations. But I was curious if there was anything else that has been helpful to you mm -hmm. beyond um, that research, that intentionality, that positive self-talk. I was curious mm -hmm. if there was anything else on the table. 
Yeah, for sure. I think a big one that I've been doing a lot more of in the past like year is communicating my limitations to people. I think a, a big thing I just actually learned this a lot from my younger sister, Sobia, is that um, in meetings, um, she asks her team to first start off with giving her um, like, how are you feeling? Like, what is your scale right now? Like, what's your capacity looking like? Um, and so I've done that a lot for myself too, is just like, well, how am I feeling going into this day and into this meeting or into this, you know, next thing that I'm about to do, um, an understanding of, uh, you know, am I fully here? Am I fully present? And also making sure that I'm communicating that to my team so that they're also aware, um, and also accepting that from them of, you know, I understand that you are going through a lot of things. I am also going through a lot of things and together we are limited and in this moment. Um, and so, yeah, that communication I think is really important. And that's like important in all facets of your life, you know, and not everyone's going to expect you to be at your hundred percent all the time. Um, and you're not expecting that from everyone else. So, um, you know, understanding that. So I, in that vein, take breaks. Um, I'm trying to be better at that. Um, you know, dedicating myself to rest, um, trying not to guilt trip myself when I'm taking longer than I expected. Um, and so, yeah, those are kind of things that have helped me to ensure that I'm my best self brought forward because, you know, if I'm not resting, if I'm not taking care of myself, then I can't dedicate the time and the energy that I need to the things that I'm doing effectively. And so the time I waste trying to, you know, battle through and make it work, even when I'm not feeling my best, I could just have been resting and done better later. So, yeah. 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 And in that vein of rest, I'm so curious about knowing the things that you now value outside of mm. your career and your journey in prioritizing those things outside of work, outside of graduate school, outside of the nonprofit work, and giving it the time and attention that it deserves. I'd love to know more about that process and what that's been like for you. Absolutely. Like when I was in undergrad, you know, pursuing my electrical engineering degree, um, as many people know in undergrad, it's very all the time, you know, you've got deadlines work all the time. It feels like it's never ending. Um, and on top of that, you have extracurriculars, you have applications for jobs, for grad school, for other things, you have your internships to focus on. And so it feels like it's constant um, all the time that you're going to be working. Um, and you think that that's the time that you dedicate now. Like if I do all the work now, later I'll have more time to balance and to, to have a life outside of my, my, my uh, grind. But what that did and what I learned that did is that it created habits, like bad habits where I was prioritizing work over sleep, prioritizing work over eating and exercise and spending time with family and friends and my loved ones. Like I had, it took me a while to unlearn a lot of that. And I think, you know, grad school helped with that a bit, even though grad school is a grind. I think being in a new place and in a new, you know, doing something new um, helped me to rebuild kind of the old habits. I knew that I was unhappy um, with the way that I did things back when I was in undergrad. And then, you know, I felt this is the time to change and grad school is a good opportunity for that. And so um, yeah, I think prioritizing life outside of work, uh, is a, is a journey. It's a constant journey. Um, and I think it's important for us to do that as 
people um, because I, I also worry about, you know, there's such a limited time to do things. And so I think that I have to do it all now. Um, but like what the reality is, is that there's so limited time to do other things like your family. Exactly. Uh, family yeah. is a huge part of my life. And um, I come from a Pakistani family um, and, you know, there, you know, I, this is the only time in my life where I'm going to be as close to them as I, I can be, you know, I live very close to my parents and I see them all the time. You know, I lived with them through undergrad and I was always at school um, and I didn't have as much time, quote unquote, to spend with them. And now that I'm in grad school and I'm only, you know, two hours drive away, I'm realizing like I should take that two hour drive now and again more often to be with them. And so I've been prioritizing that as, as much as I can, because once I graduate, yeah, I'm going to have more free time outside of my work, but I'm not going to be as close to my parents and they're going to be a little bit older and it's going to be a little bit harder. So I think those types of thoughts and understanding as you age as well um, comes to the forefront. And I think um, that's also pushed me to kind of uh, reevaluate kind of my priorities. Yeah. And I'd love to unpack what you said earlier about that feeling of time running out. And in the context of wellness, what I personally struggle with is finding the time to be well, and that might mean unplugging versus mm -hmm. in creating material and content to encourage others to unplug, which means that it's taking time away from me unplugging. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so um, balancing those career aspirations that are tied to advocating for wellness, but finding time to be well myself and that pressure that so many people feel in their 20s of needing to hit certain milestones or goals prior to um, being at a certain age mm -hmm. and so I was curious about whether we could unpack that feeling of time running out more and what that has looked like for you in putting certain things at the top of your priority bucket um, like what that looks like maybe daily or weekly because I think so many of us are so smart at um, acknowledging that there are certain things that are priorities, but when it comes to actions, our actions may not reflect our thoughts. And mm -hmm. so I'd love to chat more about that and what your thoughts are on this and how that translates to actions beyond um, maybe spending time with family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, it's something that I'm constantly still working on is this fear. And I think it stems from, you know, being younger and being exposed to a lot of awesome people who you just see kind of one side of their life. You just see the accomplishments. Um, and I think, you know, the social media age has also exasperated this a bit in showing us kind of the good sides of things. And so you know, being a young, impressionable teen when I was in high school looking at these people, um, it kind of amplified that, you know, I should be doing the same things. I sh if I want to make an impact, if I want to, you know, 
be something or do something that I have to do it immediately. And um, I think it's important. And what we've seen more shift towards is kind of these types of things where we're learning more about a person in their entire way, just like who they are as a whole, kind of also learning about failures, also learning about um, their own struggles and um, the things that they've done because, you know, just because we see one success, there's like hundreds of failures behind those. Sometimes, you know, some people are very talented and they don't have as many, but, you know, for me, I've applied to like so many things applied to do so many things. And, um, I have not had the opportunity to do them, even though I've, people can see that I've done many things. Uh, and we just don't talk about that as much. Um, so, I've learned that more is that, you know, just because I'm in my twenties doesn't mean I have to do it all right now. You know, there's a lot of time (laughs) to do other things. And I think for when it comes to prioritizing, um, what I tend to do is at least this past year, uh, in, in the beginning of the year, I kind of looked at what my year, I do a yearly plan almost like I look at, okay, uh, I'm in grad school this year. I'm graduating this year. Um, I have one summer left uh, with grad school as a student. Being a student is really awesome. Um, There's a lot of cool benefits. Uh, I have, you know, whatever else in my life to consider, whether it be relationships or uh, friendships, uh, you know, things like that to consider in terms of their own timelines and in terms of what they're doing, people are moving away, et cetera, et cetera. What is it that I want to do this year and kind of all facets of my life? So I kind of make a plan and I like, you know, write it all down. Um, and from there, I kind of just, you know, pick a few things to focus on. And if I can do a couple of those things, then that's great. And I make plans long-term. I think a lot of things when it comes to planning, it's long-term investment and making those plans work. Um, and so I kind of do it that way. So one example would be, um, actually two years ago when I did this in 2021, Um, I wrote that I really wanted to work at this company in Canada for my internship for grad school. You know, I have two summers in my grad school um, and I could, if I can find a way to do an internship at this company, that'd be really great for my research. Um, I'd be really good work experience. It'd be really awesome. Um, And last year I, I didn't have that opportunity. And it was just one of the things on my list that I had wanted to prioritize, but fell off. And then I moved to kind of like this year, I wanted to do that again. Let's see if it happens. And it happened this year because I had been thinking about it. I had been literally thinking about it. And when an opportunity rose for me to kind of jump on that, to do it, um, I was prepared mentally. I was prepared in my skills. I was prepared in kind of like the things that I was working on um, to take that opportunity and run with it um, to the best of my abilities that I felt at that time. Um, so yeah, I'm not really sure if that answers it, but pretty much it's like trying to like be okay with first that I'm not going to do everything that I think I can do. Mm -hmm. And then just like making sure that I consider all the stuff that I want to do and just not put pressure on myself and instead pick the things that I'll prioritize. And inevitably there will be things that you don't end up doing. Uh, but you know, as long as you're thinking about a few things at once, something 
will naturally come of uh, come of that because you were thinking of it. And I know we talk about it in manifestation and a lot of people have it in different ways, but I truly believe like the more you think about something, the more you intentionally work towards something, other great opportunities will come from it. Um, and sometimes the thing that you were thinking will come from it, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that perhaps the thing that you were thinking in the first place doesn't happen, but either that or something better, even better mm-hmm. comes along and opportunities that you couldn't wrap your mind around either. I think about how last year um, I was given the opportunity to lead a journaling workshop that wasn't in the list of goals or priorities I had at all. And um, this year it's been a series of meditation workshops. Mm-hmm. Again, things that I didn't feel particularly equipped to teach but I am a practitioner of and so I think that's just been really interesting where opportunities can come left right and center if you're at least in the arena of Mm -hmm. wanting to draw certain things to yourself because you're maybe thinking about a wellness bucket or you're thinking about the internship bucket things do um end up coming along and what I'd love to finish our chat with is this rapid fire round and my first question for that is what does wellness mean to you oof yeah rapid fire but definitely thinking about it I think wellness is becoming a a top priority it's becoming like it's like when I think about it, it's becoming like a everyday checklist. It's becoming, um, yeah, very much a priority. Uh, and I'm still on a journey towards that. I love that. Thank you. And with your nonprofit work, I was curious, what does effective leadership mean to you? Um, in, I think effective leadership is when everyone kind of knows a general goal and is working towards that. Um, it doesn't have to be one person speaking out and taking credit or any of that. Um, when it's effective, you'll see that um, everyone is kind of in line with that. New things will come out uh, that you never expected. Um, but because you're all working towards one vision, one mission, new vision, new missions will arise from that. But it's like working towards one thing together and moving towards it together um, without yeah one person. I love that. And with all of the different commitments that you have, I was curious about your morning and night routines and what helps you bounce back when you fall off track. Um, so I don't have like a set morning or night routine, but both of them include like 10 minutes in front of the mirror moisturizing or washing my face the night one I need work on but the morning one at least I'm always like moisturize uh sunscreen it makes me feel like for a minute that I'm taking care of myself yes um and I think that's that kind of ritual is really important I think that goes back to you know wellness being more important to me nowadays um and things that help me bounce back when I'm off track I think resetting just like taking a minute to take a beat um, you know, watching a show that I really enjoy or something. Um, yeah, just like taking a moment for myself is really important. Thank you so much for sharing. And 
I was wondering across all the topics that we've talked about, is there anything else that you'd like to share or elaborate on or anything that you feel like we maybe missed out on? Honestly, no, I think this is great. Like, I really love <laughs> chatting with you, Ricky. Um, I think, like, I just have to say applause for these awesome questions and kind of creating this space for people to to learn more about others in, in similar positions as them and, and, you know, learn about how other people in these positions are um, handling life and wellness and leadership. Um, so, yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much for letting us draw the curtain back on your life and to be another person who is so much more than just the bio that I read out and for others to get perspective on how so many people accomplishing so many incredible things um, in looking to be these culture shifting leaders are experiencing uh, so many feelings, thoughts that can sometimes be paralyzing and how they are mm. working through it and um, normalizing these things. So I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for being here with me. And I will be sharing this conversation on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. And I'm so excited for people to have access to all the incredible wisdom you've shared. Yay. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Leadership Equity and Wellness Pod by Ricky Roy. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, please leave me a review and follow me at Ricky Roy on Instagram and at Ricky underscore Roy on TikTok. Thank you so much for spending this time growing with me. Until next time, take care of yourself.